Good evening, everyone. I'm your host, Shane Grenfell, and welcome to the uh, Rebuttal Sport podcast. Uh, with me tonight, as always, the one, the only, Michael Brennan. How are you, buddy? Uh, not travelling real flash, mate, but that's okay. We'll, we'll push on. So We will push on. Oh, thanks for being here, mate. I really appreciate your uh, enthusiasm oh, for the sorry, task mate. at hand. <laughs> <laughs> and also, straight from work, still in the high-vis, the big fella, Chris. How are you, mate? Mate, I am pumped. I would not be anywhere else. (laughs) (laughs) How about the bees? Undefeated. Unbelievable. Uh, Who would have thought? We'll get onto the EPL a bit later. But if anyone needs any reminding, I'll remind you now. The first segment is three questions. (laughs) Who's kicking it off this week, fellas? I'll go first, mate. I've got, a, I've got, a, I've got a bit of a doozy actually. I've actually put some thought into this one. So, uh, so my question to you guys is: uh, with the rabbits trying to sign Wayne Bennett, even if he moves back to Brisbane, is it because they believe it will help their club, or is it to keep him away from other clubs? Ooh, uh, just go go again with that, mate. Fuck it. Uh, so are the, they trying to keep him away from other clubs? Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, so like the talk is he's going to move back to Brisbane and the Rabbits are still trying to sign him as an advisor or something like along those lines. And uh, is it is it because they think that it will help their club or to keep him away from other clubs? Uh, I think it's to keep you away from other clubs, but I don't think there's enough money uh, floating around in the NRL market to stop him from coaching the 17th team or the, the 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 third fourth Queensland team. There's uh he's going there mate. And I I agree with that. He I agree with Chris. I think he's going there. Um and what do you think will happen with um Cameron Smith? Do you think there's something to play out there? A succession plan perhaps. Well now um they don't always work out, as we know. <laughs> there has been one successful one, I think, and that was at the Swans with Paul Roos and, and Johnny Longmire, but traditionally they don't. But I think that's when the coach wants to keep on coaching and, you know, the end's got to be nigh for, for him. And, you know, is that something that could work? Uh, yeah, yeah. I, 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 there's, there is definitely uh, broader plans playing out across across the NRL uh, if Wayne Bennett goes. Souths are a proud foundation club. They won't leave themselves short. Um, and I, like, I, I think if, <laughs> I was going to say, I think that if we uh, take Wayne Bennett's track record, but let's take, let's take the Knights, uh, sorry, the Dragons out of the equation. Uh, he generally doesn't want to see a club uh, struggling after he's gone, and even the Broncos, I don't think I don't think that he wants to see a club struggle. So he'd be involved in in what's going on after he leaves, and what's going on around the place afterwards. So um, it was interesting to see a few reports today that uh, if Wayne Bennett went to Queensland to coach the new team, then um, to steal an AFL uh, AFL website. Um, scenario situation the if then uh i think that uh munster might review his circumstances at the storm as well so there's a, there's a lot to play mm. out there it, there are some dominoes to fall there righto um good question mick so i'll go next so with the afl grand final being announced today to be you know if they can't get crowds at the mcg it will be held in perth at Optus Stadium, is there a risk that the Melbourne Cup may be held outside of Melbourne if still in lockdown? And if that was possible, where would it go? Oh, my God. Oh, wow. Uh... There's a, there's a little sentimentalist in me that hopes if it was the move, it went to New Zealand. Uh, but 
Uh, the, I, don't, I don't think it moves. I, I think it'll. I think they'll run it uh, regardless. If it was to move, it probably goes to Queensland. I think it probably goes to Doomben or somewhere like that. I don't. It clearly can't go to New South Wales um, anytime this year. But wow, what a question! Uh, so I've, I've, I've got a uh, question just for clarification before I give my answer. So is Melbourne in lockdown or is the whole of Victoria in lockdown? Oh, I don't know. They just can't hold it at Flemington, mate. Don't you right. dare say Geelong. <laughs> no, 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 no. Just down the highway. Yeah, we saw how that went last week, didn't we? <laughs> and there's no six foot two jockeys, mate, right? They're all short. <laughs> Mate, I was well. If he's had a listen, I was gonna say if you're holding the Melbourne Cup anywhere out of Melbourne, it's got to be at Casterton. Oh, Casterton, yeah, right. <laughs> uh, for those who listeners not familiar with the uh, the country racing scene or the picnic races in Victoria, there 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 is a venue in the uh, southwest of the state, Casterton, and. I think they have maidens there over the 4,000 metre hurdles. Like, that's the sort of place that we're going. So, Cassidy, do you think, mate? Uh, that'll be the first race on the card, mate. 4,000 over the jumps. And, uh, yeah, and if you can Four... pick that winner, you'll be going all right for the rest of the day. <laughs> right. But seriously, have you got a serious answer? Oh, um, uh, Adelaide. Somewhere in Adelaide. Adelaide, righto. What do you got, Heidi? All right, all right, fellas. So uh, mine's uh, mine's a little bit simpler, but closer to where we're at with our seasons. Uh, and there, there, there is potentially sort of two parts to the question. But the question is, what form uh, is a guide to the finals or what form do you want to see your team taking into the finals? I want to see my team getting beaten by a kick after the siren. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, no. I, I think. Um, <laughs> yeah. Well, I, look, you want um, strong competitive form, I think, and you don't want your team giving up forty-four point leads, you know, in a quarter of half a footy or or two quarters of footy. Um, you don't want your team losing the the last three games before the before the finals start. Um, you want some momentum. I, th I think momentum is really important in footy. So um, that that's what that's what I'm looking for. So uh, if I'm actually if I'm being serious though, uh, so I wouldn't have minded the Cats losing on the weekend if they hadn't given up the lead, right? Because that 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 shows that there's some some concerns there. So if you have a good hit out against Melbourne, you know, and and you know it, it's up and down all day and you lose the kick after the siren, you go, right, we're not throwing the baby out with the bathwater here. Like, you know, we've, we've, yeah. we've got beaten with the kick after the siren, but to give up that lead, uh, that, that sends off alarm bells. Um, so you don't want to be doing that. You want good, as Shane said, good hard hit outs against quality opposition, I think. And if you, you know, you come away with a one or a two goal loss, you know, and, and you're playing a team who's around about you on the, on the ladder, I think that that's okay for them. I mean, yeah, obviously you want to be winning as many games as you can. Um, but yeah, I think that good good hit outs against quality opposition. Yeah, yeah. Uh, cheers, mate. Appreciate that. Well, we've sort of we've led into the uh into the AFL then, which is the next segment. And um yeah, there, look, there's a bit to, to go over, obviously, as we're approaching the finals, but look, if we just get as we get stuck into it, uh, you know, some of the, the games last week. You know, massive implications on 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 the finals. There was a couple of ripper games. You know, as we said, you know, the top four at the start of round uh, twenty three played each other, and that Friday night game, the doggies and the and Port was unbelievable. And I think Port really probably should have won by about four or five goals. They dominated most most of the uh, of the stats. Yeah, mate. I I think that uh, in in the end. The, the score probably uh, flattered the doggies a little bit. I think that Port should have been a little bit better uh, in in that in, in the end result. Um, 
and it's always nice to see a close game. Like it, 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 it suggests that uh, the pressure has played a part, right? So um, whether or not they should have been better off and have had more shots on goals and stuff like that, um, it suggests that the you know the, the pressure has played the part that you wanted to play, and that's that's sort of tied to my question: is it is is an honourable loss to a team close on the ladder uh, at the back end of the season acceptable? Um, or do you just want to see your team winning all the way through and then that, that sort of momentum into the finals? Is, ha, have they learned any lessons or are they just going about the things in the way that they want to? So I think that... Um, I, I, think if you, I think if you win, you can sometimes, you know, cover up the some of the bad stuff that's happening. Um, so, you know, like if we had a, you know, if we had a one on Saturday night, do we, do we not talk about giving up that lead if the doggies win on Friday night and make the four, are they looking at that game as closely as as they should? Um, you know, given that they'd won, I, I don't know the answer. Um, yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah. So the thing for I guess for me is that um, you know from that Melbourne Geelong game, you know, you could go well Geelong. You know, they obviously played some really good footy to get you know up by you know, what was it, seven, eight goals. But the other side of the coin for me is that if they meet again in a final, Geelong and Melbourne, and Geelong are in front, Melbourne are just going to have unbelievable belief that they can turn it on and that they can come back and win. Like, you know, and we've seen that that is something that Richmond has had, you know, in their run, there's been times... Not in the grand final. Well, yeah, in the grand final last year against Geelong, they were down by half at half time. I think the yeah. year before, they were down in the prelim by you know by four or five goals. But their just their belief to take it to another level, um, you know, was unbelievable. And I get the feeling that Melbourne has that now, and that's that's a dangerous thing for opposition because you, they're never out of it. Realistically, they're never out of it. So, um. Yeah, some other interesting games, you know, with a draw, who would have thought, you know, Clarkson and, and uh, Burgoyne's last match and Asprey for the Tigers ended in a draw. Unbelievable. Only a couple of seconds left on the clock. Um, there was some other, me- yeah, some other mediocre games, you know, the Swans of the Gold Coast. Um, look, one of the most exciting games I watched and I'm sure a lot of our, um, <laughs> our listeners watched as well. It's actually... The Lions and the Eagles, and not necessarily for the result, you know, the W or the L, but for the percentage, like to get them into the top four, that was that was really exciting. Um, yeah, it was it was great to watch. It, it it was actually it was a it was a decent game of footy too. West Coast had a crack at that, despite all the all the people they were missing and stuff like that. They they had a fair red hot go at that. So, you know, at at one point there, I think they were within five points in the last quarter. I think. Um, and you're thinking, oh, Brisbane have done themselves here, so but they managed to kick away and, and get the required percentage. So, yeah. So yeah, I, you I are think right. It's really interesting. Sorry, Mark. No, you're right. Kick on. So I think I think it's really interesting, and uh, you know, like we've got the um, the pleasure of the WA media when it comes to the teams over here, and uh, some of the reviews that have come out of that game, you know, and it's just. Uh, West Coast were a little bit unlucky and 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 that there was a couple of things that they uh, tried and they stayed with the lines and stuff like that. Perhaps the 38 points doesn't um, doesn't reflect what actually happened in that game. But I think it's the I think it's the follow-on stuff. I think that it's been the stuff, and this is not just about the Eagles, this is about all of the teams that haven't made uh, finals and stuff like that, where they go, there's there's a shred of hope. Uh, or you know, or our team's still up to it, or we need bulk changes. I think I've heard that the uh, the Eagles uh, and Richmond and Hawthorne are still there and thereabouts in terms of the cattle, in terms of the players that they've got. Um, they just need a few more a few more players in to supplement and things like that. Um, is now the time to be starting to make those comments and be reviewing that sort of stuff? Like I would have thought that that's for later in the year. Still a bit raw. Yeah, probably still is a bit raw, but um, 
yeah, it's, you know, there'll be a full, oh, I don't know if they need a full review, but they do need to, you know, where do they go from here? Um, so do they keep going down the path? Do they go, right, oh, well, we're going to try and find another quality player, you know, to to fill some gaps um, and have another crack at it? Or are we now resigned that, you know, not necessarily have to do a full rebuild, but resigned to the fact that we need to go to the draft and we need to get some young talent in like that. It, it's, it's real balancing act for them at the moment. So, you know, they've got some older players, you know, they've got those that will retire. Um, a few, you know, that are getting a bit long in the tooth. Uh, every club's got them. So it'd be interesting to see what their strategy is. And, you know, I think um, Adrian Hickmont's, you know, leaving, going to the Hawks, I think. Uh, so, I'm not sure. Yeah, that, I think no. so. So, you know, they may have a change of personnel in the coaching ranks as well. So I think there's a bit bit to play out there. But um, I think that yeah, whatever, so the, they, review, whatever after the review everything, is, I think whatever the yeah. review is, they have to look at the season as a whole and not just that last week and with that glimmer of hope. They need oh, to look at it on a, as a whole. 100%. So. Yeah, and as a whole, it was really disappointing. And as a whole, they didn't make the finals. And um, yeah, uh, it's, it's been a, uh, any paper clippings this week, Michael? Uh, no, no, nothing. We've heard nothing from text messages, uh, phone calls, anything, anything of that sort of. Uh, the only the manner. only feedback we may have received that is uh, Stevie J is definitely not a small forward. And, yeah, no, we definitely got that. Um, we definitely that? got that. Oh, who didn't say it, mate? <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Um, so, 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 no. So, I'll... sorry, stop. Just, just on that, like it. Um, and 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 again, not just being uh, focused on uh, the teams that didn't make the finals, but not far down the road in Fremantle, uh, Adam Chair has made a call, and I get there's time frames around when you can do those sorts of things, and it doesn't, you know, whichever club he has selected as his preference. Um. Do players need to sort of players and coaches need to settle and uh, make their decisions in time as well, or is you know like when it's fresh and when it's a bit raw, that's okay. Well, I think it's a process there. So I think they've conducted their exit interviews, and as part of that process, you know that's when they sort of identify maybe the club to the players. Look, you know, we we might move you on or, you know, we might put you up for trade and see what happens. And it's opportunity for the player to do the same thing where the player might say, well, look, you know, I'm not real happy here. I want to go home or, you know, whatever. And then, um, yeah, you know, say that they want to go. And I understand that's what's occurred on, on this occasion. So I guess something you want to talk about, Mick, was the um, the press conference after the, the Richmond Hawthorne game, mate. Uh, yeah, mate. Yeah. So I, I don't know if you guys have seen it. So, uh, I have seen it. Yeah, Dimmer's Dimmer sitting there doing his doing his press conference, and Clarko walks in and he sort of says, "Oh, you're not great gate crashing me again, are you?" And then he comes and sits next to him, and they you know share a moment, which is really really nice to see. And uh, one of the things that I actually <laughs> was like, "You've got to be kidding me!" was that the media manager for Hawthorne or whoever it was was clearly trying to get the Hawthorne advertising space stuff in behind Clarko and then have the rich lock. They're trying to move it over and everything. Right. And in the end, Clarko just told to stop <laughs> and, and don't worry about it. Like, and I'm just like, just let them have their moment for crying out loud. Like all these media managers and everything like, that, you know, they just got to, yeah, you got to, everything has to be perfect. Like, and it's like, just let him, let him sit there and be human for a minute and, and have a, have a moment. So yeah. 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 I agree. That now it was a good moment. So there's been a lot to talk about this week. So we'll have to gloss over a couple of things. But yeah, um, the Coleman Medal was decided this week. So big, big Harry, big Harry Mackay um, won that one. Big going on down at Carlton. So um, is it? Yeah. The, 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 well, apparently um, I hadn't heard. So that, oh, had you not heard? I thought everyone had heard. I think there's been some media people have uh, got their swags out down at Princess Park and they've been had their um, camp ovens down there. Um, so the big going on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, mate, a few, few members might have their pitchforks out. So we got we got the email. I got the email from uh, Chrissy Boy, Chrissy Sayers, the um, 
the president on Monday saying that uh, we will not be rushing into this process. I'm thinking, oh, that's good. You've only, you know, decided the review was coming out in uh, in June. So it's good not to rush these things. But um, it seems that they've, uh, they've taken the feedback from all the, the players. They've done the exit interviews with the players. And that has identified that there is a rift between some of the senior players and David Teague. And that has been amplified a little, quite a fair bit when David Teague's manager, Liam Pickering, comes out in the media and starts bagging out the captain in the club or one of the captains in, in uh, Patrick Cripps. Basically said, oh, you know, he has been, hasn't been, um, you know, I guess pulling his weight. And that didn't, he's not an didn't A-grade he say saying that he wouldn't get a game, he wouldn't be in the best 22 of any club in the competition at the moment? Or something like that. I didn't hear him say that. I didn't hear him say that. All I heard was that he's not an A grade player anymore. And um, oh, that might have been it. You know, yeah, that might have been it. So he's not an A grade. He'd be lucky. He'd be lucky to make the twenty-two in any club in the competition right now. So you know, when you've got the coach's manager saying that, then it's fair to say that the coach is not going to be the coach much longer. <laughs> um, you know, to say that when when we we know that Paddy Cripps was getting you know, um, injections into his back every 10 days throughout the season is not, you know, that's that's not not great. So, and I think that there's, that so there's been a, a breakdown in the relationship between the senior players and Teague. And as soon as that happens, then it's really, realistically, it's, um, it's the end of the line. So I understand, I my understanding, starting to sound like one of them, but it got reported on radio this this afternoon that um, David Teague will not be the coach next year and that we know Clarko has said, no, I need a year off. So really Ross Lyon shortens in the market dramatically. And I think we'll see in the, in well, the coming hold, days. Well, hold on, mate. What about me? I'm surely on a chance. It, it isn't fair. I, no, it's surely on a chance you know, to we, have a coach, mate. Like, it's, like, <laughs> no, I don't think so. No, no, I, I, I'm actually, I've actually applied for another coaching gig next year. So I'm unavailable well, to Coach that. Carlton next year as well. So. Oh, well, and lucky for Carlton that that is the case. So um, <laughs> <laughs> so the All-Australian squad, so we'll, we'll, we'll stand by there. But uh, I guess in the other news around that is um, I understand that CEO, Kane Little, gone, the football manager, um, Brad Lloyd, gone. And we're also, I've also heard that, um, so the football director, um, they're bringing in Diesel, the man himself, the legend, Greg Williams, is going to come in as the football director on the board, and they're going to um, get rid of about you know three or four of the board members as well, and and try and get more of a football focus, which I think is all a good thing. So a focus towards on-field results, as I talked about last week. Yep. All the strain, all strain squad. squad. Yeah, mate, talk us through it. Uh, well, look, I don't think there's, you know, uh, probably not too many glaring omissions from the 40, maybe, uh, Boak and maybe you could argue Cam Guthrie. Um, but outside of those two, I think you struggle to make an argument for anyone not in the 40, I would think. Um, yep. So a lot of, you know, a lot of guys miss time. Like, you know, obviously, you know, danger didn't make the, didn't make it, but I don't think he deserved to, um, so you had know, a, had missed out, missed out on a lot with injuries. That's exactly right, and that's what I'm saying. I don't think he deserved to. So, um, yeah, look to be honest, going through the list, I, I think no one's got in on um, reputation. I think they've all had good years. How many did the cats get? Two was it Hawkins and uh, uh, Tommy Stewart? Yeah, Tommy Stewart. Yeah, who I I don't know if Hawkins makes it. I don't think if it's his best year this year, but he's been okay. But I I, I don't know. Um, but I think if, if, if I have to pick one of them, Thomas Stewart's a lock, mate. He is, he's been amazing for us. And I think I mentioned the other day when, when he went down that we might struggle without him. So, yeah, no, I think he, you're right. I think he's a lock for fullback. I reckon Jacob Wettering probably gets a center half back position. Um, I'd be very disappointed if he doesn't get a go this year. And I look, all I think Carlton's all three of their nominations get in. I think uh, you got to have, you got to have the, um, the Coleman medalist. Yep. One year, yeah, where they haven't let the Coleman medalist in, but they will this year. And um, I think Sam Walsh gets in as well, either out in the wing or, you know, maybe even on the pine. But he definitely, he's definitely in the in the twenty-two. 
Yeah, no, I'd agree with that. Um, so here's a question for you. A question with that notice. Do they have a second Ruckman in the All-Australian squad, should they? Uh, specialist, a second specialist Ruckman. No, I think it should be someone of the the backup, like sort of a Blixast, um, uh, maybe an Oscar Allen type from West Coast, like who, who pinch hits in the ruck and can do other stuff as well. So, mm-hmm. yep. so yeah. So who, so Maxi, Maxi gets the, the spot in the middle. Uh, Max or Gorn. Sean Darcy. Yep. So if if Max Gorn gets it, and I think he probably will, and I think he might be the captain, um, who gets the second spot? Um. Oh, geez. Can we take it on notice? No, I'll tell you. There's one. There, but it's Sean Darcy or it's Nick Nat. So who gets it? Oh, oh, geez, I'm probably going. If I have to pick between the two, probably Nick Nat. Do. Mm, I think Sean Darcy's um, had yeah, a very good year, but yeah, I, yeah, Nick yeah, Nat I think I'm Darcy. Yeah. You're Darcy. Well, I'm, I don't know. I, look, to be honest, I don't. I'm not that much. You may, this may come as a surprise, but I'm not that much of an Eagles fan. So, um, and I don't, but I don't watch all of the Freeho games, so I'm not really sure. So I'll leave it up to you two, and you should split down the middle. So don't know. Nick Nack's been good. I think that Sean Darcy has really sort of come out of the shadows during this year and in doing what he's been doing. So yeah, I think I'm on him. Right, eh? Did you want to talk to the Hall of Fame quickly, Heidi? So, like, I, I, I was interested, and uh, not not for any other reason than to recognise uh, the the greats that have made it in there. Um, there's, you know, so <laughs> at the risk of exciting Shane excessively, Chris Judd's got in there. Uh, Nathan Burke's got in there. Uh, Merv McIntosh, uh, Robert Wiley, and Jack. Jack Oatley, but uh, I think uh, Debbie Lee making it in there is a, is a, is a really good thing for uh, the Hall of Fame as well, and uh, not not the um, not the first woman to make it in there, but certainly uh, you know it goes a long way to sort of um, suggesting the AFL are perhaps on the right track when it comes to these sorts of things and uh, and and the inclusion uh, of all people who participate. So I really enjoyed that. Yeah, same. Um, so I'm going to ask a question without notice. One word answer only, boys. Was Chris Judd a better player at the Eagles or the Blues? Eagles. Uh, yeah. I have and that to, ends I the podcast for tonight. Um, we'll... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> what did you say, Chris? Uh, I, I, I think I have to say Eagles as well, mate. I think yeah, that uh, you're both wrong. You're both. <laughs> so no. I think, I think that uh, only because what I will say is because uh, he came in there uh, without any expectations set. When he went to Carlton, he had such a high baseline to continue to achieve, and he did exceed that. But I think it skews people's views of how just how good he was. So yeah, uh, he I was think he was an excellent player. Yeah, look, brilliant at the Eagles. He was broken when he went to Carlton. His last year at the Eagles, you know, he had the OP. He, he, he really, really struggled. And, like, he struggled for the first couple of years at Carlton. Well, maybe the first year anyway. He just lost his explosiveness through that injury and he turned into a different player. He was just different. You know, he was that explosive sort of running machine at the Eagles. But at Carlton, he just turned into a contested football beast. So, really different. And I think he was a champion at both clubs so yeah i understand what you're saying i don't disagree with you he he was awesome at the eagles so and i and i and i only say that as i say i only say that because it, the your early career you're setting your benchmark um yeah. from there that's that that is your benchmark you've said that uh, people are expecting that to carry on all the way through uh and there are elements 
of your game that must change as you sort of mature and you're not able to do the things that you were once able to do. And, and, and that's sort of what's happened, you know. So he lost some explosiveness, yep. but he gained some, he was a bigger body, he was able to contest. Um, you know, that, that, that played a part. Uh, it was exactly what Carlton needed and he shone uh, during his he time did. at Carlton, rightly so. Uh, but in terms of se- setting up or maintaining, I think that, as you said, you know, he was broken when he went to Carlton. So he probably dipped a little bit and then he came back to where everyone knew where he could be. So, but an outstanding player, no question. Well, let's move on to this week in the first week of the finals, um, four cracking games. And um, we'll, we'll go through and, I guess, quickly go over the games and give our tips. The first one will be an absolute beauty. It's Friday night. It's here in Adelaide at the Adelaide Oval, and it's Port v Geelong. Who we got? Do I need to answer? Or? Well, <laughs> why do you think you'll win? I, so I think that... Uh, last week would have hurt us giving up that lead. Uh, I think Tom Hawkins gets hold of um, the port back line and, and kicks the bag. And um, yeah, I think I think we get it done. I I think it's not the first time that, uh, and I'm sorry to say this, Mick, but I think it's not the first time that Geelong have given up a lead and they haven't recovered from it. Uh, I think there's some scars there, and I think the port get the job done. In Adelaide. Yeah, and I'm with Heidi as well. I think um, what Port have shown is um, they tend to win the close ones, and I think this will be close um, at home, um, crowd behind them. And, um, yeah, I just think at the moment they're, they're playing better footy than, than Geelong, and uh, I think they, they, do, they do get it done. So, yeah, Port, Port for me. Uh, that's fair enough. Next up. Yeah. Next up. All right. Next, next up, up is Sydney. <laughs> you go, mate. broken. <laughs> sorry. Uh, sorry. I told you I'm struggling tonight, boys. Uh, so next up is uh, Sydney versus GWS down in Tassie. This, this could be a great finals game. I think that... Uh, uh, Sydney have dropped off slightly and the Giants are uh, coming home hard. I think this could really be uh, one of those battles of the bridge. I still favour Sydney slightly, but uh, there's not a whole lot of conviction behind it. Yeah, uh, I'm, this is one I'm not, I'm really unsure of. I, you know, I watched the Giants last week pretty closely and in parts they were... Dave for just playing amazing football and then other parts of the game, they broke down. So I think these are real two really evenly matched teams. And I, again, I think this will be pretty close, but like Chris, I'm leaning towards the Swans. Uh, yeah. So I've got the Swans in this one as well, fellas. I've just got to say though, I'm, I, I'm a little bit disappointed for, for, you know, all their fans and everything that it's probably, that, it, that it's not, that it's not going to be played up in, up in Sydney. Um, this this would have been an absolute cracking game, you know, full full house at the at the SCG, and uh, really could have, you know, got they could have got a really decent crowd to this and 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 put them both sort of back on the map a little bit, I suppose. Um, so yeah, but I'm tipping Sydney. Yeah, you're right, mate. This is, you know, uh, no COVID around, and this game in Sydney. That, that that could pull any sort of crowd and it'd be great for AFL up there, unfortunately. Uh, here we are. Speaking of, here we are. We've got the next game, Melbourne versus the Lions in Adelaide. Uh, look, I've got the I've got Melbourne in this. Um, I think that they'll just keep grinding and grinding like they did last week against us, and I think they'll get the job done. Yeah, I think Melbourne's record against the other teams in the top eight has been been the best of any of them um, this year. And yeah, I just think um, they've just got quality everywhere and they're, they're defensive. It's, it, look, it's going to be an interesting game because we've probably got the best defense, you know, versus one of the best offenses. And But I think, you know, the, the May and Lever down there have just been unbelievable. And I think, um, 
yeah, I think Melbourne get it done. Yeah, I, I, I'm concerned about the the Lions sort of stop start effort against uh, West Coast last week. I think the West Coast were good, but uh, Brisbane should have done better. So I, I'm going with Melbourne. And the last game. Um, so the last of the elimination finals and it's the Western Bulldogs versus Essendon down at, again, the University of Tasmania. And I just want to say it's great to see finals footy down there. I, I hope they turn out you know, in in their drove. So this, I think this is going to be an absolute ripper. Uh, yeah, I, I, look, I've got, with, with no certainty, I'm tipping the dogs. I, I, I think that... Yeah, depending on which Essendon turn up. I, was, I think I've said earlier in the year that, you know, Essendon, they've got a lot of kids there. And then, you know, one week they can win by 100 in a game you think they, they shouldn't even get close to. And then, uh, you know, and then the next week they could, you know, lose by 100. So just because of the kids they've got running around and a little bit of inconsistency. But for that reason, I'm tipping the dogs. But I do think this one will be close. Yeah, so the uh, the romantic in me, for the same reason you sort of mentioned there, Mick thinks that Essen can get this done. I think that uh, there's no scars there from any of the kids. And uh, as much as I like to think that there's no scars from any of the recent wallabies about how long we've been flogged by the All Blacks, but we still get flogged by the All Blacks. I think that uh, I think that the the kids from Essendon, um, their their first final uh, win in a long time will be burning. Uh, within the club, and I think that the, I don't think the kids will feel any pressure from that at all. I think they'll go out and and give it their best. The dogs have been on a slide, and I think that they'll continue the slide. Yeah, this is really interesting for me. So, like the dogs' midfield has just been, you know, the best midfield, dominating midfield for about the first 16, 17 weeks, and since then, you know, I think they're going up around plus nine or plus ten clearances, and since round seventeen, they're only plus one or two. So realistically, they're only breaking down in that area, and with the with the cattle that they've got going through there, it's just unbelievable. You know, um, to lose their last three is just I just cannot believe it. And um, you know, it ties into a couple of things. And the the big one I'm seeing is they're locking down the uh, Libba. So Libba's just getting has had been getting off the leash, firing it out to those mids like the Bond. And then once it's in their hands, you know, he's just so elite. Um, with the bond being held, and we saw it last week, Port did it, and they did it really well. Um, he had no impact whatsoever. And that just, he's the, the start of everything that they do. So if they can lock down um, Libba, then I reckon the Bombers will win. Now, for those that know me well, <laughs> I hate Essendon. <laughs> Um, Essendon, Essendon haven't won a final for about 6,100 days and that has been absolutely awesome I hope it continues but I think um, I, I really think it's it's the doggies forward line is not functioning and they need they just need the, all of the entries to win the clearances and get those entries for, you know for them to get the score if they don't get the entries and if Essendon can break even in the middle then they'll win so I'm going. I'm going the Bombers. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you, mate. I think that the uh, the fact that their forward line's not functioning means that uh, the Bulldogs' line's not functioning means that the SNA will get a player free, and that'll be the difference. Yes. So while we've just talked through our tips, gents, um, it would be amiss of me not not to mention that Cliffy won the uh, rebuttal. Um, hey, so well done, Cliff. <laughs> Well done. I think he's led for most of the year. I found it very interesting. There was only one between, only one point, one tip in the end. But I think they tipped the same in the last week. So, um, yeah, no, well done, did. Cliff. Well done, Cliff. And, um, yeah, no, um, your um, your prize will go in the mail. Um, so, it's a, a free um, free Pfizer vaccination. So well done, Cliff. <laughs> Not the um, of shoes and some chrome soft balls. <laughs> no, mate. Nothing. I think he's already had both the Pfizer's, mate. And if, yeah. Oh well, he can. He'll give him the AstraZeneca if he really wants something. Um, <laughs> yeah. Right. So next up, we've got a new segment, and it is what grinds my gears. So, who wants to kick it off? 
You want to have a crack? I'm happy to. I'm happy to go, mate. I'm happy to go first. Oh, okay, go. And go uh, it's it's slightly off the back of uh, the conversation that we had earlier. What grinds my gears is managers, is representatives, player managers, coaches, managers, um, uh, and the like. So when when they're involved with the sport. Uh, and and most of, a lot of them are ex-players or they've been around for a little while, and I can appreciate that. When they're involved with the sport, they they should be in a situation where they're seen and not heard. I don't want to hear from a player manager. I don't want to hear from a coach's manager. I want to hear from a player. I want to hear from the coach. I want some certainty about what's going on. I do not need some peanut on the periphery who's protecting their paycheck to come and tell me how things are. I hate it. I do not, I do not enjoy it at all, and I wish that there was a way to make it stop. Uh, good call, mate. Good call. Go for it, Mick. All right. So, what grinds my gears this week is, uh, well, actually, it's just been today. Is Tony Jones? So, Big Gill came out at his press conference. Uh, this afternoon slash this morning. I can't even remember what it was. It's been that sort of day. And uh, said that, you know, that Perth would be, you know, hosting if the MJ, MCG couldn't couldn't host. And um, Tony Jones was just carrying on like a pork chop the whole time and trying to make the story bigger than it is and, and everything like that. And I didn't like him when I was in Melbourne and I don't like him now and he grinds my gears. <laughs> Fair enough. Mate. <laughs> uh, nice one. And if we could, I'd right show, uh, show that that clip of him trying to inappropriately kiss that chick. I forget who it was. Uh, that that would be um, Rebecca Judd. Oh, it was too. Um, You're right. That's right. It was too. That that would be the great man's uh, better half, if that's possible. Uh, for oh, him to gonna, I was going to say, but... mate, as much as as much as Rebecca Judd's, you know, spot on, and and she's a good chicken and all that. I don't think she's Chris Judd's better half. No, and yeah, I don't think you truly Chris believe Judd that deep down. Was married to Chris Judd. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, my what grinds my gears is pretty much aligned to yours, Michael, but mine's a bit more broad, and that is the media. So the media have been pushing an agenda. Uh, against Carlton and, and David Teague since the start of this year. So um, not, none, none of the, the media, well, very few, had Carlton in, in the top eight. Um, they, at the start of every year, they do a barometer of which coach is under the most pressure. David Teague was at the top of that list. Um, didn't start well the season. Straight away, pressure's on David Teague. David Teague, you know, oh, you, you know, what's going to happen at the end of the season with Ross Lyon looming large. And, um, you know, they, they, they were, they've been pushing the agenda against David Teague all year. Then when Carlton through poor performances calls a, a review, which I think was appropriate at the time, you know, Oh, well, why are they doing that? This is spells the end for David Teague. Yeah, no shit. You basically called that three months before. Um, then it's, it's, um, you know, then they've been just waiting for Ross Lyon to show his hand. And then when he does show his hand, oh, he's the worst person in the world because he's actually, you know, answered a hypothetical question on a show where he's actually there as a media representative. You know, it's just then they're pushing, oh, it's going to be Clarkson. Well, it's not going to be Clarkson. Um, then, you know, Carlton's trying to follow, I guess, some sort of due process. Um, now, nah got it all wrong like they have been they have been pushing this um agenda against david teague since since earlier this year and it looks like they've finally got their man um but it's not their fault it's everyone else's fault by themselves and it, it gets very frustrating Mate, i completely agree with you i think we've brought this up a couple of times during the year you know the whole ben simmons saga in the nba there's um you know there's been multiple multiple um examples of it you know in the last you know like a year or more even you know you can, we can go back and dig them up but and it's all about 
clicks and and you know getting people to read stories and and you know journalists just making shit up basically and i think i brought this up a couple of weeks ago um you know and it's it's got us someone needs to hold them account right so yeah but won't happen that's exactly right so if you publish a shit story that you know like then then you should be held accountable accountable for it right so like if it's completely and utterly false you know then people need to be called out on it and they need to start losing jobs and shit you know I think that we talked yeah, about it so, last week, mate, with the whole Caro thing, you know, like where she she said that the um, succession plan at, at Hawthorne wasn't going well and everyone called her out, you know, and then like saying, no, oh, she's full of shit, she's full of shit. She's like, well, no, hold on. Like, I'm actually right. And then no one was like, oh, well done, Caro. Yeah. Like, you know, <laughs> so. But, but, you know, and I, at the start of the podcast, I talked about, well, this, oh, you know, reporters in swag sort out the front. Well, it's not that bad, but. There was some. There, there were reporters tweeting. Oh, you know, David Teague just arrived at Princes Park. You know, he'll be sacked by the end of the day. Putting that on social media, just creating this storm. Well, that was on Monday, Tommy boy, and he hasn't been sacked yet. And you know, we don't need to know what he's freaking, what he, you know, what time he arrives at the club, and oh, such and such has just left. And I understand this is what they've done. I was like, really, mate? That's just. That's absolute gutter, gutter trash. Um, and uh, you call yourself a professional. It's just, I think we yeah. talked about this once before, right? The whole, I'll link it back to the NBA, right? They had a helicopter following Kawhi Leonard, who was like going, who flew into LA and stuff like that because they wanted to know where he was going. Like, it's crazy. It's, that's just crazy. And they got it wrong. They, like, they, they, all the pun, they all got it wrong. They all, everyone was like convinced he'd signed with the Lakers and, and and they didn't even pick it. They'd written the Clippers off three weeks before. Where's he end up at the Clippers, right? It's ridiculous. They, it just needs to stop. I'm with you, Shane. Sorry. You got me fired up now. Oh, I have got you fired up. Well, let's keep that rolling. Let's go to some like, rugby like league like now. <laughs> let's go to some rugby league and um, some big results last week and the and the eight starting to take shape you would have uh, slept quite easy on sunday night there chris with the roosters getting up over the dragons i i had i had some moments mate i had some moments early in the second half but uh it was really good to see uh i won't say that we flexed our muscles but it was good to see some teams towards the top flex their muscles and uh really start to, to influence what's going on so uh the chooks getting over the dragons and um just, you know, the, the, the leadership of Teddy this year uh, with what he's had to deal with, I think that, um, that that's for another time and another podcast. But uh, uh, James Tedesco, what he's done this year uh, in leading the Chooks and, and, and getting them uh, to the point that they are with the retirements, with the injuries and the things that they've suffered, um, bravo, that man. Uh, for me, last week, the, the game with the most interest uh, it's happened a couple of times to the Panthers this year. On, on more than one occasion, they've gone behind early um, and, and conceded some points. But, they, geez, they come home strong. So uh, 12-0 down against the Rabbits, and that, that was all she wrote. That's all the Rabbits scored, and the Panthers ended up getting up 25-12 uh, in that game and, and really started to flex their muscle. And I think that uh, if, I, uh, if I was a Storm fan... If I was a Storm fan, I'd probably be just a little bit nervous uh, for where their intensity is, has gone in the last week, uh, week and a half or so. Uh, not that they're, they're winning the games that they need to win and they're winning the games well and they've continued on their winning streak and they've, they've beaten a record that goes back to 1975 uh, that was the Chooks. And there's a whole lot of records that the Storm have broken this year, points, for and against and, and all of those sorts of things. Um, some questions should be asked about where their form is at. And I think that this weekend will we'll let us know. Uh, they've got a game against the Eels this weekend. The Eels haven't been great, but uh, if, the, if the Storm can, uh, can put them away, um, then I think that that says what we needed to say in terms of do you think they're just, uh, where just, they're at. Do you think they're just getting through to the finals, mate, with no injuries and... And just trying to get to get to the lawn, and 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 then they'll just go bang. I I actually do, Nick. I think that they're just they're just cruising. They're doing what they need to do 
they've tried to mix up their game a little bit. So a couple of weeks ago against Manly, I genuinely think that they were trying a different game plan to um, to start to take some things into finals and to start to mix things up a little bit for them. So I I, I think that they're doing what they need to do. Uh, there's a danger with that though, in that you're not you're not operating at the same level of the more intense clubs. So that'll be interesting. Um, game of the round for me this week uh, is Roosters Rabbits. Not because I think that the Chooks can win it. I think the Rabbits will will get away with that. Uh, but just based on last weekend alone, so I think the Rabbits fell away badly against the Panthers, and I think that they're going to have to find another gear. If they, uh, if they want to be thereabouts when the whips are cracking at the end of uh, September. And, and for the Chooks, um, there's a little bit of heart in here, but a commendable effort for all the things that they've done. Uh, a, a decent showing against the Rabbits. If they, can, uh, if they can finish in the top four with the struggles that they've had this year, um, it sets them up well for 2022. Uh, I don't think they can win the grand final, but I certainly think that they've shown a few teams in the competition and indeed potentially other competitions, uh, how to play against adversity. So yeah, good stuff, mate. Well, we'll move on to form bit of formula one, I reckon. And, um, after the summer break, the three week summer break, we're back and we're back at, uh, it's like it's been forever, mate. Probably my favorite track. I think, um, yeah, it's up there for me I, too. Yeah, yeah, and that's um, Belgium, and that is Spa. I absolutely love it, this track, and um, just can't wait for it to kick off again this weekend at Spa Francochamps in Belgium. Yeah, I uh, because it's in Belgium this week, that means I get to uh, post my my uh, my usual Facebook post of of Mark Webber absolutely screaming down through O'Rouge, doing the overtake through O'Rouge. So, yes. Uh, so, yeah. yeah I'll on be, uh, Fernando, I think. I think it is on Fernando. I think you're right. Uh, so, yeah, I'll be posting that later in the week because that's a that's an absolute perler. So, yeah. It is a perler. So, look, you know, I guess we'll talk about the results um, next week. But uh, there was some interesting news this week, mate, about um, Suzuka later in the year. Gonski. Yeah. Yep. Due to COVID. And, but I did read of interest this week that um, there's been some analysis of, I guess, around Dan, Danny Ricks, Daniel Ricardo's struggles uh, in the McLaren this year and as to why they think it is. And uh, talking about his driving style and how he, while he's known as the, you know, the, late of the latest breakers um his actual driving style is contrary to that and he actually breaks a little bit earlier and then comes off the brakes earlier and carries a lot of speed through the corner but they're sort of saying that the um mclaren isn't suited to that driving style at all that um that it's actually suffers from um suffers from understeer so actually what's happening is that when he tries to do that, he basically is just missing the apex of the corner and he's just going out too wide on the exit and effectively can't get on the gas early enough exiting the corner. So effectively he's just losing out um, as they exit the corner and into the next straight. So I think we spoke a little bit about this. I, saw. I think we spoke yeah. a little bit without the analysis behind it. We, we spoke a little bit about it early in the year after the first couple of races where we said that, you know, he's probably struggling because the car is, is set up for Lando to drive and because Lando has been there for a couple of years and, and has developed it and stuff like that. So they've developed it to Lando style. And uh, I, I think this basically confirms that. Um, it's not to say there's anything wrong with the car, you know, like obviously Lando's doing great stuff with it, but it's just not set up for Danny Rick's style. So yeah. Yeah. I don't, yeah. yeah. I just think he's had longer in the car to, and without the testing and everything like that this year, it's it's been a real challenge for him. So I'm hoping over the break, he uh, has spent some some time, not just on the boat in the Mediterranean, but uh, in the in the simulator, in the simulator, and um, yeah, has um, can come out, and I think Spa 
Spa will suit. I think, you know, I think Spa will suit and after that for a few tracks though this year. But I'm looking forward to, to seeing, you know, everyone back on, on the track in anger. I, I'm so, with you, mate. I, sorry. I, just, I, no, I, you I, go, I'm go, you. mate. In, in terms of, uh, like, clearly everyone wants to see Danny Rick go well um, and, and his driving style and everything like that, is uh, I think that uh, is coming coming to the new team has actually hurt him a little bit. So while they're a better team and while the car is clearly competitive, uh, he's come from teams that have been more focused on the aero package um, and, and now he's in a team that is... Uh, probably looking a little bit more on the mechanical side. And it's not that he's not capable of adapting to those things. There's just something that you, you, you're you only seeing on race day when you're around other cars and when you're, you know, so um, not when you're getting a drag and you've got DRS and things like that, it, when it impacts your aero package, it's impacting your mechanical package when you can break, when you can hit the apex and all those sorts of things. So, um Oh, I'm with you. I hope you spent some time on the simulator, and I hope that it's uh, I hope that it's set up to the car as it is because um, I I love watching him drive, not just because he's Australian, just because of the way that he drives. I think that he brings so much to the sport, and I hope he I hope he uh, kicks off the second half of the season uh, with a more competitive showing. He doesn't have to win; yeah. just be be more competitive. Yeah, let's hope so. Before we kick on to the EPL. 30 years today was Michael Schumacher's Formula One debut at Spa. So the English Premier League, let's talk it up, guys. (laughs) The Brentford Bees, hey? A draw. We'll take a draw. I'm going to... Why wouldn't you? How good? How good? No, no, they're going along nicely, mate. And, uh, you know, as far as I'm concerned, you could almost stop the race now. City are out of the out of, out of Europe. I think United might be as well. Um, so, yeah, stop the race. Um, <laughs> two weeks in, I'm done, fellas. Uh, so, no, look, it's it's been good. Um, you know, I think I'd... I think I actually tipped the bees for a draw last week uh, in my in my EPL tipping. Um, Bravo! Yeah, so I, I didn't tip them the first week for the win, but uh, oh, we know I, that. No, no, we do know that. So. We've got that recorded. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. No, we don't. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh man. Uh, yeah, so sorry, look, sorry mate. Sorry, <laughs> I'm already just kick me while what, I'm down. What do they say? Yes. What do they say? You, what do you do? Something about goats? Was it? What is it? Yeah. <laughs> one goat. The um, <laughs> one goat. But look, yeah, um, outstanding, some outstanding performances this weekend. But Man City against Norwich, um, you know, showed that they're probably pretty angry against about losing first round and yep. <laughs> um, Norwich all of a sudden they got a massive, you know, um, deficit in their goal difference. So, but um, yeah, I can't, like, yeah, Liverpool had a win as you suggested, but man, you drawing with Southampton. I just could not believe that. Yeah, no, that was, uh, that was, that was big. Uh, I didn't think that was going to happen. Uh, I obviously tipped me and you, um, so yeah, hopefully you know. Well, I don't care if they bounce back or not. To be honest with you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so so yeah. the other big game. So We've there was a few. A there was a few sorry, oh, no. I was oh, just going to oh. say just to go through some other results. Spurs over over the um, the Wanderers. Chelsea alarm bells going off at Arsenal. Um, another loss. But West Ham over Leicester four one puts them on top of the table. So I just want to touch on the Arsenal thing, if I may. Uh, and and we've we've talked about coaches under pressure and uh, whether or not it's due and whether or not they've had fair um, a fair assessment and everything like that. How many games, uh, and we know how cutthroat the EPL is, how many games did Mikel Arteta coach this year? How many will he coach? Arsenal, how many will he coach? Arsenal will not stand for that. Uh, well, no, you're right. Who have they got this week, Chris? I'm just having a look now, mate. I'm just uh, just trying to work it out, see who they've got. 
because if they bounce back this week, um, he might he might survive. They've got Man week. City. Oh, they've got, got City. Man City. <laughs> it, it is, it is, it is City. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> uh, three. Uh, <laughs> so. No, they got Norwich after that. It gets a bit easier. They got Norwich after that. Who we know are bottom. No, no, no offense, mate, but easier than the bees. <laughs> well, true. What? <laughs> I, got, I don't think Norwich. there's an easy game. There's not an easy game for Arsenal right now. Oh, look, they got Norwich and then they've got Burnley. So they need to win both of those. But then it's followed up by Spurs. So there are some tough games for them. Then um, Brighton, Hove, Albion, who um, I think are sitting third or fourth at the moment. So realistically, they need to just win those two just to stabilise things. And then so if they get a couple of draws two. or something. But, he goes you know, two, he's okay. Look, I can't see him sacking him after five rounds. So I, I just reckon let's let's have a chat next month and see where he's at. But yeah, so right. it depends I, if the media the media might get hold of him, might want him sacked. I, I think oh, the Tommy pressure gauge is high, and the media aren't fans. So, <laughs> oh, Tommy, Tommy B, are we any swag out the front? Bloody, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just, I just anyway. find it interesting, you know, like the, the like the EPL is potentially uh, one of the most intense competitions in world sport. You know, NBA is up there, your NFL is up there, Europa's up there, and some of those sorts of things. But uh, so prestige clubs will not take uh, bad results for too long. Uh, true. No, no. So the only won eighteen matches last season. Um, so. The pressure is on. That, that you know, as we know, they expect success. So, but you know, like I said about Ferrari early in the year, I'm okay if they spend a little bit of time down the bottom. That's fine by me. <laughs> um, so, that's the EPL done and dusted, guys. So, the last thing we're going to take care of tonight is the bet of the week, and we've got a new format, guys. So, especially because we're all shit. But it's fair to say we haven't had great success um, through bet of the week. So for those, uh, let's hope that let's hope that people are gambling responsibly. Otherwise, and not following right. us. The pressure, the pressure <laughs> gauge is high on us. It is high on us. Exactly right. It is high, mate. It is, mate. It, mate. It's gone. It's blown, and that's what's led to this format change. Of course, I think it's got three. This this format's got three weeks before it goes as well. <laughs> well, I think. <laughs> You know, you talked about how many games does does um, you know the the Arsenal coach get? Have, well, yeah, yeah. How, how many weeks have we got left if uh, we can't get a bloody multi over the line? <laughs> so let's go. So the new format, gents, and for those listening at home and in their car, I'm sure there's plenty of you. The new format is it's one leg each. That's our three leg multi. We bundle it all up. We get the power play on it, and away we go. Take it to the bank. So let's kick it off. <laughs> Mickey B, who you got? I got uh, sort of alluded to this earlier in the podcast. I've got Tommy Hawkins to kick three or more against Port tomorrow night. Uh, sorry, for the Friday night. And what's that pain, my friend? Uh, three of your Australian dollars. Three dollar ruse. Right. Yep. Let's go, Heidi. Who you got, mate? I've got Caelan Ponga as an anytime try scorer against the Gold Coast Titans at $2. $2? Right. And I have um, Clary, that's our mate Clayton Oliver, um, anytime goal scorer for the Demons um, against the Bryans. And that's 275. Bundle it up, 1650, boys. That's, 16, by the way, that Clayton Oliver one is free cash. That, mate, as I say, that is money free cash. for jam. <laughs> and how did we, we get 16 bucks on those three legs, mate? That is that, that is getting up. Well, and, oh. and it's good good odds as well. Um, <laughs> uh, righto, gentlemen. I got, I got as nothing. always. <laughs> As always, it has been great fun. Um, look forward to catching up with you again next week. We'll uh, we'll know who the Carlton coaches by then. I think it might be Ross, the boss, Lion. And, um, yeah, a bit of Formula One on the weekend, some rugby league, some AFL. It's all happening. 
And I'd just like to say thanks to running the show tonight, Shane, while I try and find where this uh, Pfizer bus is that hit me. Uh, so hopefully I'll be, I'll be feeling a bit better next week. So. I'd, I'd just like to say, get around the Paralympics as well. A great event. I think we got yeah, two, well, two um, golds, I think. Uh, I saw before we're coming on recording in the cycling. So, Giddy up. And let's next week we might um, – we'll, we'll, we'll give you a little update on, on our – how we're progressing in the Paralympics. I think that that's a good idea. So, um, and we've got coming up, uh, I think the U S open and the tennis. So we'll have to um, have a crack at that. And as we know, by this time next week, it'll be spring. And that means. Giddy up. The nags. Giddy up. Yep. Giddy (laughs) up. So we'll have to um, start to look forward at some of those big, races in the spring. Some I'll, I'll tell you what we do need to do, mate, is go back oh. and like oh. we'll have a look because we've I've got actual cash money on Traley Rose to win the Melbourne Cup. So we'll have to check how oh. that thing's going. Can you can you cash out? <laughs> I think I might have to. <laughs> the, Thanks, first early, the first early crow might be humble pie. <laughs> Well, you know, I think there's been a, a bit of humble pie consumed <laughs> in the last couple all of weeks. All year so. long. All year long. You are true. Righto, gents. Thanks as always. Have a good one. Cheers, guys. Thanks, guys.